When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. I'm your host, Demi Lynch, and oh, it's yet again been a big week. So if you're wondering why I am releasing this episode a day late, it is because my account got hacked, sold, and now it's been bought by some random business in America. So all my followers have basically been sold to another business. But yes, that explains why my podcast is coming out a day late. I am sorry, but I am a chaotic mess (laughs) and I've only just been able to have the emotional capacity to record this intro. So yeah, anyway, enough about me. Now on to today's guest, which I am really excited for you all to hear from. I have been trying to get this magnificent fact queen onto the show for ages because she's just a brilliant brilliant human being and such a lovely human being and I could rant with her for so long and who am I talking about exactly well this is Justine Landis Handley you may recognize that name from old boys club yes you may remember old boys club sad face I wish they were still going but No stress here because Justine has started another platform called Left Right Out, which yet again looks at the political world of Australia, but it teaches us about politics in a way that doesn't make us feel like idiots. Because I don't know about you, if I read something out of a random website about Australia's politics, half of it, I'm just like, I don't understand. This is also confusing. Justine is so well known for just making politics easy to understand and doing it in a way that is actually surprisingly enjoyable. So that is why I've just been so committed to having her on the podcast. And on today's episode, we of course are talking about politics. We are going to be talking about New South Wales new premiere. And should we be scared about having him as the new premier? Or should we just not be surprised that the government would have such a man be brought up to the task of being a premier? And then, of course, we bring Barnaby back to the podcast because we love talking about good old Barnaby. And yeah, we do a little rant about Barnaby, ScoMo, and their opinions and thoughts about social media. Because it seems to be if social media affects them, That is only when it matters. Anyway, I'm going to stop blabbering. I'm going to head on over to today's chat with Justine from Left Right Out. Justine, my dear, thank you so much for finally coming on to the Nasty Woman Club podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a joy, such a dream come true. I'm so happy to be here and I'm so happy to like talk to you. I'd say face to face, but we are on a Zoom call right now. Yes, we are on a Zoom call right now, but I can see your face, which is great. And and also 
chemistry as well. We both have matching color coordinated bookshelves, which I'm greatly <gasps> appreciating. We do. Wow. And what yes. a great start. We're off to a great yes. start so far. <laughs> great start right there. Yes. Uh-huh. We've both got color coordinated bookshelves and we're also engaged bitches as well. <gasps> we are. I saw we that are. last week. I'm so, I, congratulations. That's Why, so thank exciting. You. Yes, congratulations to you too. <laughs> Mine's a month ago now. Mine's I think like the, <laughs> the 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 joy of it's wearing off and what is like seeping in is me realizing how much weddings cost and my partner and I increasingly being like, hmm, eloping. A wonderful option. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I like we sent off all these like venue inquiries to people mm-hmm. and we got the quotes back and I felt physically ill and we just couldn't <laughs> mention the word wedding for like three days. <laughs> so mm, I wish you stay in this nice moment, Demi, just stay in yeah. this happy time. <laughs> yeah. I'm very much in the nice moment where I'm just like, you know, walking around being like, oh, this, this looks great with this oh. outfit. This looks great. But now <laughs> this ring. Oh. Yeah. But now my, but my mum the other day, she said like, um, cause I was describing to her what kind of venue we wanted, what kind mm. of dress I wanted. She's yeah. just like, you know, that's going to add up to like 20 grand, all this stuff you're mentioning. I'm just like, what? What? Oh, oh, minimum. I've, oh, that's more than my car. Like I've never spent 20 grand on anything. 20 grand on one night. I can't do on it. A, like, on a party. On a, on party. a party. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's, um, but I'm very appreciative of my partner giving me this nice present. At least. Oh, <laughs> love the ring. Love, love that. Love, love, so love, fun. love getting the ring. But then <laughs> now I have to have a party for getting a ring. So yeah. Fun. Like I said, stay in the happy time. Don't venture yeah. forward. Don't start looking into that right. for a while. I'm reversing yeah. back into the bubble, reversing yeah. back into the smitten, annoying as fuck bubble. I'm going to yeah. stay there for yeah. a while. Stay there. Yeah. Stay there. Make a tent, <laughs> like pitch a fire, do there. Yeah. I, I said that in the, first, in the wrong way. Pitch a tent, make a fire, stay there. Yep. <laughs> yes. So before we keep talking about weddings, engagements, and I think everyone will probably like clock off if we keep talking about it. because Yeah. End of hair. Yeah. We need to talk about someone else that is very annoying, someone else that we are fearful of, someone that I get goosebumps, but not in a good way when I hear his name. <laughs> and I cannot pronounce his last name, even though you just literally described it to me before. Dominic Parate. Yeah. Dominic Parate. I yes. knew that. I knew how to pronounce it. <laughs> My dear. So Dominic Parate is the new premier of New South Wales. Gladys. Yes is off her way she's been a bit she's been a bit naughty so she's gone so now we have mr dominic should we all be fearing for ourselves right now considering this man is Mm anti-abortion anti-same-sex marriage Mm. i believe he's anti-climate change Mm. um what else what else was he oh also oh also as well he was anti-priests being able to tell others about other priests confessing about sexual abuse yes and i think some of the other main headlines that we've seen this week there well i one of the well one of the big like headlines that came out this week was how back in 2016 he wrote a facebook post congratulating donald trump on his election win um so that was and in that post he said uh things about you know if you are somebody who questions climate change like you're not a bad person like he was going through this list of uh mm-hmm. of 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 things that kind of like sent a few alarm bells around a lot of people's minds because they were indicating that he might have had very conservative beliefs around things like race 
uh, borders, uh, like you said, same-sex marriage uh, and climate change. So that's where a lot of kind of like the assumptions around what his beliefs are have really come from is, is, is in part that 2016 post. Yeah. And 2016 wasn't that long ago. Like I still remember, I still remember that day in 2016 when Trump got elected, I was sitting on the floor drinking my wine and crying. I will still remember that day. It wasn't that long ago. So I also remember that day. I thought the world was going to end. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And in fact, we just had a, we just had a pandemic and riots and a terrible Trump presidency. Not that bad at all. Not at all. But Um I think yes. like something else that I'll jump in and say about his beliefs. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up the uh, the quote. Uh, he also gave a speech to the Center of Independent Studies in 2015, where in that speech, he suggested a couple of like things that indicated he has very conservative family values and, mm-hmm. and like values about how society should operate around the family and how it should preserve the family. And the most like one of the things that really stood out to me was that he said that well, he suggested that welfare payments for single parents made divorce an easier option and have like helped to lead to the breakdown of the family. And he said, um, quote, he said, quote, that countries with large pension systems tend to struggle with fertility. What? I think, and I think like, I think that the, the, what he, the suggestion he was trying to make was that, you know, if you have countries that Mm. have really good pension systems and support for the elderly, those people are going to be less driven to have more children or to have children at all to support them in their old age. So like, this is, a, this is back in 2015, a speech he gave um, to a very conservative audience. Like the Center of Independent Studies is like a conservative audience. Um, yeah. typically. Um, but I think that these are the kinds of things that people have kind of quickly latched onto this week to be like, okay, so he's very, he's very conservative. He is mm. much more conservative than any of us probably realize given that he's kind of played a role as treasurer in Gladys's government which is liberal liberal party but she's more moderate within the party so yeah those are my just throwing some facts out there before we (laughs) dive into the whether we should be concerned Yes, yes, yes. Well, yes, you're the fact, you're the fact girl. You know all your things, definitely. Like, yeah, with Old Boys Club and now, and there's my cat. Right. Jesus Christ. All right. She's going to come for the mic any second. So I, sorry to advance. Um, That's okay. <laughs> you, do you edit this stuff out or is this, is the cat just staying into the podcast? I don't know. It depends. It just depends. It depends. depends on the mood I want to have. Yes. <laughs> the vibe we want to create. The vibe we want to create here. Yes. So uh, with Dominic here, should we be concerned that he has such conservative views or should we really just not be surprised because he is part of the Liberal Party? But the thing is, though, with Gladys, she was very much like a moderate liberal, mm. like kind of like Malcolm Turnbull kind of vibes I kind of got. So, yeah, like, should we be surprised and should we be worried? Like from your research that you've done from everything that's been said, should we be worried? I think that it's a great question. I think that there's kind of two strands to pull out here. The Mm. first is that the people in New South Wales didn't elect a government led by Dominic. Mm. So they elected a government led by Gladys Berejiklian. And even though political parties, like you're not actually voting for the leader, like the leader is what really sets the tone for the political party. And it's what a lot of people really latch onto and vote for, even if they're voting in their like local electorate for like, you know, 
John White for Labor or like Joe Blow for Liberals, like they're, they're ultimately uh, really, a lot of people are really motivated by who's going to be the leader of the party. Mm. And there is a big difference between Gladys Berejiklian and, and Dominic Perrottet. And what a lot of people also uh, don't know or don't realize, and this is because it's not like widely publicized, talked about information, is that political parties aren't just these uh, homogenous groups of people. They tend to split up, at least the major political parties, into these subgroups called factions, which are like you go into depending on whether you're more right-wing or more left-wing. And Gladys is part of the more left-wing liberals called the moderates. And Perrottet is part of the more right-wing liberals called the conservatives. And so really, even though Perrottet is just one member in the New South Wales government and things haven't changed that much you could argue like it's just like a shuffling around of people whoever the leader is really does set the tone for the government and I think that what is maybe most concerning is that the people of New South Wales have suddenly gone from having a moderate liberal leader to a conservative liberal leader yeah, that would be my first, my first, my first point to make. What do you think? Yeah, I am concerned. Even though I am in Queensland, I am very much concerned because the thing is, as well, in the Liberal Party, with like all political parties, there's a lot of a, po- a popularity contest. Like you know, his party voted him in, so obviously then that means a lot of people in the party thought like, oh, he should be, he should take this role. So does that mean then they also have similar views to him? Does that mean they also are fine with the fact that he was anti-abortion, anti-same-sex marriage and not really the biggest climate change supporter kind of thing? So that does concern me that it's not just him, but like the people that backed him, the people that Mm -hmm. are behind him through all this. Yeah, And I think my greatest concern, now this might be controversial, I am very outspoken about the fact that I am atheist and I grew up as a Catholic person, as yeah. I, many people do, they grow up with a, in a Catholic school, a Christian school, and it's always a, just an interesting way to grow up sometimes, because sometimes the things that they teach you or don't teach you, it can um, definitely... Uh, can be a bit overwhelming then when you go into the outside world and you learn about Mm. how some things are a bit toxic. But anyway, obviously that's only some people's experience, but I just have a really big dislike with people that think that it's okay to let their religious beliefs influence their political stances and beliefs because Mm -hmm. I just find it so hypocritical because so many politicians go on and on and on about how they don't want islam into politics they don't want um the quran to influence um politics in certain islamic countries all this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff Mm -hmm. but yet we have people like dominic here we have people like scomo who -hmm. have openly said that they are catholic and they are conservative catholics that let their catholic beliefs influence their political decisions Mm. So that worries me, especially when it comes to, say, same-sex marriage, um, abortion. Mm. That really, really concerns me. And I... Yeah. No, religion does not belong in Australia. And for people to say, like, oh, but Catholicism, um, Christianity, that it's the majority in Australia. Well, actually, in the past, like, decade even, like, that has gone down so, so much. More and more people are going towards alternative faiths and religions or they're becoming atheists. Mm. 
what are your what are your thoughts on the whole religion and politics and all that mixture yes a hundred percent I agree with what you're saying and I think that this and this goes to the the second thread that I kind of referenced earlier Mm. as being like there are two threads to this story that I think are important and you've really hit the nail on the head for the second one I think that there is something that's concerning about politicians who don't govern people first they govern by God first Mm, and let me like draw a distinction between politicians that do this and don't Mm -hmm. because I got a really interesting comment this week which was like I hate how someone wrote to me and said like I hate how you know the media goes after Catholic politicians or like criticizes Catholic politicians like why do you criticize a Catholic politician will call them out for their beliefs in a negative way, but you wouldn't do that for someone of another religion. Like if you did that, that would be, you know, so bad. Um, uh, I think that they're probably alluding to the fact like, you know, left-wing warriors would come for you or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought a lot about this comment. Mm. And there is a big difference between politicians who are religious and want to impose their religion onto the greater population and Mm -hmm. politicians who are religious in and of themselves, but want to, you know, govern with acceptance and love and tolerance for everybody's beliefs and ways of living. And we can see this effectively modeled by certain politicians. For example, Christina Keneally, Labour politician, she is a staunch Catholic. She is also a pro-choice or pro-women having a choice like that may not be what she herself would do but she's pro-women having a choice about their reproductive rights uh she also is pro-same-sex marriage and a supporter of the queer community you also have someone like Maureen Faruqi who's a green senator who is uh one of the I think she was the first uh woman Muslim senator in Australian federal parliament uh she uh is also a huge advocate for the queer community. She was the first politician in New South Wales state parliament when she was a state politician to bring in a bill to decriminalise abortion in the state. So you have these politicians, both women, can I just say as well, uh, who (laughs) are effectively modelling how you can have um, religious beliefs but want to uphold and protect the rights of all your citizens that you're governing um even if your church or your religion may traditionally not welcome or uh accept members of those communities or 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 you know support things like abortion mm. and i think what is concerning and what is a distinguishing factor about someone like dominic perrottet is that he is somebody who has said that he's been very open about his faith but he's been open about his faith in a way like I'm going to be proud of my faith and I'm going to let my faith guide me in my political decision-making. And that is concerning because what I think that does to a lot of people like members of the queer community, like women, or just, you know, people who are agnostic or atheist or a different religion is they're like, Oh, so you're not going to listen to me. You're going to listen to your faith. And Mm -hmm. that kind of shuts the door up and makes it so that, like that doesn't feel like you have a democratic leader or a democratic government. And that I think is the key distinction that is what is concerning so many people here. Yeah, exactly. We, we didn't sign up. We didn't vote for a Catholic government. That's not what we voted for. No. And the thing as well, again, this probably is my, due to my background being raised as a Catholic and now turned atheist. 
I do get very stressed out when people say, like Dominic, for example, when he says, like, you know, he lets his beliefs influence him. Mm. Even though he says they're Catholic beliefs, we still don't know exactly what those beliefs are because so often, especially with conservative Catholics, and might sound problematic and controversial to say, but they pick and choose parts of the Bible that reflects on their beliefs and what their boundaries are and stuff like that. Like, for example, you know, like if we really, really wanted to nitpick at the Bible at every single thing that is said, there's, there's going to be a lot of problematic things in there that a lot of mm. us don't agree with, but mm. some people, they ignore certain parts, but then they follow certain parts. So that's, that's what I find concerning is that if you're saying that you're a conservative Catholic and you let the beliefs influence you, how am I going to know what type of beliefs are they really and how much of the Bible you really, really follow? Mm. Because, yeah, every single church is different. Every single person is different with how they interpret the Bible and what really reflects them in 2021. Mm. Mm. And I think that something that we need to remember as citizens is that politicians are, are elected representatives. They, their job is to be representative of the people who are voting for them. And Dominic Perrottet has gone from being somebody who has to be representative of his electorate to being somebody who has to be representative of the entire freaking state. And that is, there's a lot of diversity in New South Wales. Mm -hmm. And while I, the analogy that keeps coming to mind for me is a doctor who has very staunch personal beliefs. Maybe they're like Catholic and they personally are not comfortable with providing reproductive care. In that situation, you'd really hope that that doctor, even if they're not willing to provide an abortion, that they would be willing to refer their patient to somebody who is. So that way that their patient isn't bound by their doctor's personal beliefs, but they have options. In a similar way, Dominic Perrottet, like no one would I think I hope would ever want to impose on somebody else that you know you have to you know do x or do y like you you wouldn't go up to a woman and say you have to have an abortion in this situation um if she personally wasn't comfortable with it but what Dominic practices in his own life is very different to what he practices in representing the entire community and yes. like that doctor you would hope that even if he personally didn't agree with something if the people that he's representing want that choice or want that right um, or want something to be done by their elected leader, that they would do that for the good of the public above, um, you know, they're representing their own religion. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. So on to the second topic, which is back to more politicians <laughs> and... They're, again, being a bit of a hypocrite, we're going to bring back good old Barnaby Joyce back on the podcast. Hi, Barnaby. 
Uh, I'm looking at his face right now and just remembering all the stuff that he's said and done in the past. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> oh, we're back here again, Barnaby. I really like the, I really enjoy the like roundup of Barnaby's quotes or roundup of, um, of, of politicians quotes, because I just like find he's just such a bizarre human and he makes the funniest statements that it just kind of like similarly to Michael McCormack when he was in power like I really enjoyed the weeks that Michael McCormack was the acting (laughs) prime minister (laughs) because you would just walk away from that way being like wow we've said we've come we've come so far this week we've heard so much (laughs) (laughs) I think in regards to Barnaby Joyce quotes I think nothing nothing will beat that confusing as fuck video he made it was on christmas or something or christmas eve boxing day he was on a farm it was something <laughs> i'm trying to remember what exactly he said but it was just so bloody weird what was it it was um, i love how the, the scene has stayed in your mind like you've just oh yeah like, i remember I, that video i that filed is... this away somewhere <laughs> my favorite michael mccormack quote um when he was the um prime deputy prime minister was when he said about how the mice in rural Australia should come into the houses of city folk and nibble at their children and like as they sleep or something like that that was a real like I just was like wow wow this is great (laughs) it's just like it's just like honey the one moment ScoMo is not holding your hand that's what you say like really (laughs) yeah I I I look I mean for some people, it probably brings strikes fear into their hearts and like makes them horrified. But for me, I just like all I can do is laugh in those situations. I th- I think it's pretty great. Anyway, back to Barnaby. Barnaby's back come up Barnaby. this week. Barnaby. What's he come up for? Oh my goodness! So Barnaby, Barnaby is now against social media. Now we have had a yes. bit of a chaotic week of social media. Instagram was down for five hours. True. Which I have to ask: Did you did you constantly keep opening the app to see? if Instagram and Facebook was working or were you just like, oh, nice, you get a bit of a break. This is nice. I think I was more of the latter, to be perfectly honest, but that's yeah. because I live with somebody who does not use any sort of social media. Um, we started Left Right Out a week ago, um, mm. our Instagram platform, and he wrote his first ever comment. It was a real proud moment. So I live with oh. that energy. So I, <laughs> I think when, when Instagram went down, it was like, Oh, okay. It's like your wildest dreams come true, honey. Okay. Let's get on with our day kind of thing. What about you? Are you like, oh my God, oh my God, the world is ending. So I was freaking out. Cause I'm just like, damn it. I woke up early to do this mm. work. And I'm just like, oh, now I can go back to bed now. This is nice. Also and your, your business is all on social yeah, media. Yeah. My business is all on social media. So that made me freak out a bit. Mm. And then my partner, he was just like, oh didn't even notice it went down okay he's very much the same he is not active on social media at all which yeah is a very interesting dynamic at home when like you know obviously both of us our work is social media yeah it's very interesting and then you have someone else and they're just like uh they like the last thing they posted was like a year and a half ago or something like that yeah it's so true (laughs) yeah Um, sorry I keep distracting us you're trying to tell me about Barnaby and I'm just like I'm like, tell me about, tell me about your personal views on social media. Continue, continue, Demi. No, this is the podcast for tangents. This is the podcast for tangents. Yes, yes. I love it. And when you're on Old Boys Club, yes, you guys were the queens of tangents. We loved yes. a tangent. We yeah, loved a tangent. I, I love yes. a tangent, personally. Yes. I could go on another one, but I'm trying to hold myself back. So you should really <laughs> steamroll ahead before I dive in with another, okay. another side. Barnaby, Barnaby. Okay, Barnaby. We're going to talk about Barnaby. Okay, so Barnaby Joyce. And ScoMo do not like social media right now. No. And they are, Barnaby said something along the lines that he reckons that anonymous social media users, 
he's trying to make it that the people can no longer be anonymous anymore because they're the ones spreading misinformation. And as soon as I saw that, I was just like, honey, 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 you have a large political platform and you use that to spread misinformation. (laughs) Yet you're concerned about anonymous people online spreading misinformation about what was it his family or something I yeah do you want the do you want yes the, give me the, the details yeah so you're the, you're the facts queen you're the facts girl <laughs> yeah um so i'm i love that title um yeah. the so the reason why barnaby came out this week and made these comments is because there have been rumors circulating on social media which just to be really clear barnaby has said that these are just like flat out not true they're malicious don't know how they started don't know where they came from they came from like anonymous online trolls by his account i feel like adding in lizzo's rumors song oh the rumors are true (laughs) (laughs) need that underplay yeah have that underplaying right here yeah perfect um so barnaby addressed a very specific rumor that had emerged online this week about his daughter his daughter worked i say worked because you're about you're about to find out why she worked as a staffer for the former or the outgoing new south wales deputy premier john barillaro so as we know last week john barillaro's and or this monday sorry announced that he was stepping down from his job he cited mental health concerns uh he cited the stress of working in politics but a rumor had emerged online that actually he had been having an affair with his staffer, Barnaby Joyce's daughter. And then the rumor that emerged on top of that was that he'd gotten Barnaby Joyce's daughter pregnant, Um, which is like, I saw these rumors going around and I was just like, firstly, if he, like him having an affair would be like a scandal in in and of itself. Not not impossible in politics as we- definitely not possible. As we know, but him- having an affair with Barnaby Joyce's daughter, I was like, that just feels like, that feels too much. Like that, like, you know, when you just take like something a bit too far and you're like, no, 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 that's not believable now. Like that's, that, that can't be possible. So that was the rumor that emerged online, circulated pretty viciously on, in, on, on online platforms. And Barnaby went on ABC radio on Thursday and just was like, guys, this is not true. It's really hurt my family. It's hurt my daughter. Um, and I think that we have a real problem in, in Australia, if we have these big social media tech giants who allow people to write these comments, do so anonymously, uh, and spread this information, so that's kind of like the, the 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 game at play this week. Mm-hmm. So then, where does ScoMo come into all of this? Because then he had something else to say, and he was kind of actually in agreement of Barnaby saying mm. these comments. So he came out in a press conference later that day on Thursday mm-hmm. and said that. I agree. Uh, people are like social media has created this cowardly palace. He said for for people you know who aren't brave enough to put their names and their faces to the comments that they say, and that we really what he suggested that has really made headlines. He suggested that the federal government is going to be taking action either through laws or regulations at a federal level to crack down on uh, social media companies for allowing defamatory comments to be published, particularly by anonymous trolls. So some sort of reworking of our defamation laws looks to be on the horizon to make social media companies liable, which is pretty like, this is pretty big, to make them like legally Mm. responsible for people to write, who are writing fake comments anonymously on their platforms. 
I have a lot, a lot, a lot of thoughts on this. Hit me with your thoughts, Demi. Okay, firstly, firstly, they're both such hypocrites. My God. They, firstly, for years, for years, people on, oh my God, cat. Hello, honey. Sorry, she has to be a part of this. Okay. That's fine. I I gotta gotta, gotta bring the pussy power to this conversation (laughs) about ScoMo and Barnaby. Okay, so for years, everyday people, not just in Australia, around the world, everyday people on social media, they get trolled, they get bullied, and we have called for action for bullying to actually be taken seriously online. Like there are so many people in the public eye, for example, Abby Chatfield, Clementine Ford, they have spoken so openly about the fact that, you know, they're given, they sent death threats. They sent all these malicious, horrible messages, comments, like every Mm. single day, people with profiles on Instagram or even just everyday people in society. And people have been saying this for years, for years that something actually needs to be done. Like, for example, you have to be able to go to the police and say, this I'm getting harassed online like this needs to be taken seriously and it just frustrates me that because the politicians are having a few rumors being written about them Hmm. that's when it's not okay apparently and it's just like what what, you're having a few you're having like obviously look it's not nice having a rumor made about you and obviously we don't know if it's a rumor or not if it is true this is our government has literally turned into like the bold and the beautiful neighbors coming <laughs> away or something. I swear to God, like if they don't, if Hollywood doesn't make a movie out of this, like that, is it would a- be pretty wild. It would be like, yes. I would be blown away. I, I personally mm-hmm. think that they're probably, I think that I believe that it is made up. And I think that Barnaby has like, if he's come forward and it's just like, this is bullshit. I reckon it's bullshit. Yeah, the Murdoch media right now is just like, whoa, let this be true, let this be true. (laughs) Journalists wish it was true, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but it just, it it does frustrate me that it just always seems to be about them. When something Mm. affects them, that's when it should matter. Not... Like say, like say for example, another another way that social media has been damaging through like say anonymous comments that they are concerned about right now. For example, with revenge porn, so many mm. people have been calling for there to be more action against people that, even though I hate the term revenge porn, but like people that do publish revenge porn or threaten to publish it. We've been calling for that for so many years and the government's just like, meh, not our problem, meh, just don't send nudes, whatever. But mm. no, when it's about them, oh no, social media, rah, 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 this, rah, 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 that. ScoMo has a very, very bad relationship with social media, I have to say. <laughs> like, do you reckon it's because he has the worst publicist in the world and he has the worst <laughs> social media in the world? I think it has to be. Like, I think he's just a bit, bit cranky that no one really cares about his barbecues and all the stuff he's doing. They're just still cranky about Hawaii. And he's like, oh, this social media, this is why I'm so unpopular on social media. I don't like it now. I mean, I think I think that something that you're touching on there is like politicians caring about issues when it affects them or their families. It reminds mm. me a lot of earlier this year when Scott Morrison, when we had Parliament's Me Too movement uh, with Brittany Higgins bravely coming forth and speaking about her alleged sexual assault and rape in Parliament House and Scott Morrison saying, you know, well, Jenny talked to me and she said, think if it was one of your daughters Ooh. and and how it seems as though I think why these kind of situations hit us so negatively, especially as women navigating online spaces where you are right, there are trolls and malicious comments and sexism and gendered hate. It's 
I think concerning when we see our politicians only really bringing these issues up and responding to them when it affects someone that they personally know. Like mm-hmm. there's a, there's kind of like this this uh, this gap or this empathy gap between politicians and people in these and like you know the people that they govern in these situations. Yeah. And also the other thing that's just so hypocritical is the fact that they're just like, oh, they're spreading misinformation. It's just like, excuse me, sir, not that long ago, you were standing in the middle of a farm saying that we need to have a better relationship to God or something and it'll help us with COVID. I don't remember the full details. I've kind of like got rid of the quotes out of my head, but I still have the picture. Sometimes it just comes to me and it's scary. But <laughs> Comes to you at night, this image of Barnaby Joyce on a farm. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. That that that's that's my uh, that's my fear right there. Just Barnaby standing on a farm, just yelling to himself at people at Boxing yeah. Day. Yeah, it's just mate. You were the king of spreading misinformation. You, Craig Kelly, Pauline Hanson, like you guys mm. are like your own little crew, like your Mean Girls crew of just spreading misinformation. Yet apparently, it's the people on social media. They're the ones that should get in trouble for spreading inf- misinformation. Like, and oh, and also, and also, I'll let you add your bit in soon, but also for him to say that those rumors are hurting his family, honey, you fucked your staffer. You fucked your staffer when your wife was at home taking care of your kids. You hurt your family already, bitch. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, he's, he's, maybe he's trying to make up, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he's trying to make up for it now by like coming after the trolls. But I, 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 I hear what you're saying. And I think mm. that, I think for me, the biggest problem with, with this or the, or the biggest thing that jumps out to me is that point about misinformation online and I think particularly during COVID-19, we, I think two points, I'm trying to, I'm trying to like organize my thoughts, um, <laughs> but in response to you, but I think, I think two points, the first one being that during COVID-19, we've seen a huge rise in misinformation online. We've seen, as you said, politicians such as Craig Kelly, such as Pauline Hanson, um, even uh, people like George Christensen uh, oh, in, the, in the government, in the federal government um, who have now like, you know, are leaving parliament or have moved to the crossbench, but people who have spread horrible misinformation online about vaccines, COVID, uh, lockdowns and health orders. And we haven't seen a very strong coordinated response from the government on these matters, on these people. Mm -hmm. But also we haven't seen the government concerned about regulating social media platforms so that they don't that they are taking like uh, action to prevent misinformation from spreading. Like, mm-hmm. you, like it's 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 interesting to me that they're going after trolls who spread defamatory comments about like political friends and family, but they aren't like, oh, we should be regulating social media providers when it comes to things like misinformation or hate speech more generally or yes. uh, gendered hate speech and gendered violence online. Like it just seems like there are a lot of issues that that social media and companies and tech giants should be forced to grapple with. Um, but it's interesting that, that they're really focusing on on this one. And I think that I, I, I think that it's actually good if we start to look at people who uh, like anonymous trolls who troll people and write awful defamatory, just malicious and mean things online. Like I think that that actually is a good thing for governments to be looking into, mm, but oh, yeah, definitely. 
it's only like the tip of the iceberg of the massive problem <laughs> that that people, yeah. like you said, have been screaming about for ages, particularly particularly uh, minorities or, or or who are who are at greater risk of harm online, or, or women who are greater risk of gendered hate online. Um, and I think that that's that's kind of like my first my my first reaction to this. My second reaction, though, is that a government that talks about you it goes to a point that you were saying before about how politicians themselves are spreading misinformation. Something I've been thinking about a lot lately is how the federal government and, and state governments, but particularly the federal government, is very pro-vaccine. They're very pro-COVID-19 vaccine. They promote it. They say we should all trust doctors and scientists and get our COVID-19 vaccines, which I agree with. Go get your vaccine. Mm-hmm. I'm fully vaccinated. We love it. Yes, um, same here. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but at the same time, they criticize and are looking to like punish state governments who listen to public health advice and go into lockdowns and do health restrictions and and do public health and follow the public health orders and so we have a government that in and of itself is promoting like that we should be listening to experts but is also saying we should be questioning as experts in in these situations we have a government that in and of itself has been I think maybe inadvertently fueling misinformation. Yes. And so it is like that situation of like you can't cast stones from inside glass houses. Like you can't, the government can't be like social media, like stop people from spreading misinformation, stop people from saying defamatory statements online, stop people from saying false, false statements online. When you have a federal government that has been inadvertently and explicitly for some politicians, but mm-hmm. as a whole, inadvertently fueling misinformation online um I just think that that doesn't quite add up um and so while I think that what they're doing is like that these are important issues for us to be addressing uh I applaud them for bringing them up now they're not really going to the depth that they need to be these issues are bigger than just you know anonymous trolls online but also they really need to be like reflecting on their own behavior just a little bit here just like just a little bit you know in line with this thinking (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, instead of just being like, oh, everyone else is all spreading misinformation, everyone else is doing the dirty, and everyone else is just being bad with social media, maybe like, uh, maybe look at your own little little, little circle here. Hmm. Like, especially hmm. ScoMo here. Like, I know he's not the father of all politicians, and he's not responsible for every single one of what they do on social media. But, like, the thing is, you're the head of our country, mate. Like, we elected you for this role. Hmm. And all these, not all, sorry many politicians are spreading misinformation which is leading to us having a longer lockdown which is leading to us having less vaccinations Mm. like i think i honestly think that that's one of the key reasons why our vaccination rate is i know it is climbing up there now which is good act is like at 96 percent like i know i was like oh act they are the best government and like territory of of, of, like of us all they're the best part of australia of us all (laughs) um (laughs) but uh did you sorry tangent but did you see i watch a lot of the press conferences for work um because Mm -hmm. i do reporting as well like live blogging for the guardian um so i watch a lot of the press conferences and i was watching the act government's press conference a few weeks ago and their chief health chief health officer uh ended her 
daily update by reading a poem about healthcare workers that a local student had written. And I was just like, oh, ACT, too pure for us all. Like, like we don't deserve you as a country. End of tangent. Oh, I love that so much. And then you have other press conferences and there's just like arguments spewing and then there's all this stuff happening, all this gossip and all this... Go ACT, go ACT. Finally, we've got yeah. some, some wholesomeness happening in our so, press So, so incredibly wholesome. So yes, incredibly wholesome. We love to see it, yes. Um, but yes, I agree with what you're saying about how like we as a country, like as a, as a federal government, it's great that they're starting here, but like yeah, it, there's, there's, they haven't really addressed a lot of problems when it comes to misinformation in their own, in their own bloody government, like let alone, yeah. you know, online at large I also would add this just came to me but like Mm. politicians such as Daniel Andrews last year faced so much hate online and trolls and malicious comments and uh hmm I would like defamatory statements and misinformation from the you know Victorian opposition party Mm -hmm. around him breaking his back like like there was remember that whole saga about like Christ yeah what was Daniel Andrews doing and like how did he break his back and did he break his back and we need Mm -hmm. evidence um there was like no federal government uh you know murmurs or whisperings of cracking down on still media giants when that was happening It's interesting Mm -hmm. going back to your first point about how like it has to happen to them before they really tackle the issue. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It just seems to be like, yeah, if if it's about us, then that's when it matters. Or, and as well, it seems to be, you know, it reminds me of, it kind of reminds me of that annoying mum in high school or primary school. And it's her child that's causing all the shit in school. That's picking on all the other kids. That's caused, that's, you know, just causing all this trouble. But yet she'll like come into school and be all like, no, all these kids, they are doing, they're doing this and this and this. My son is perfect. He's perfect. He wouldn't dare do such a thing. I kind of get those vibes from ScoMo. He's just like, no, our parties, we're great. We're great. You guys elected us. We're doing well. It's all of you people. It's all of you people with social media stuff. It's all the tech giants. Yeah. No, I think that's so right. I think that we need to be like interrogating at the same time like why people are getting false information and spreading it online um, more generally. I mean, I, I think that like particularly what Scott Morrison and Barnaby Joyce were talking about was like people who write like false statements about individual politicians or their families or, or like, like a high schooler, like someone writing a mean comment about another person in high school and that, and that really affecting the mental health of that other person. That was like another example that they brought up. Mm. So they're really focusing on like people just making shit up out of nowhere for the sake of hurting somebody else. But that, again, as we were saying before, at least that bigger discussion of like, well, if you're going to crack down on that, you should also be thinking about like people just posting false shit about <laughs> the pandemic, about uh, medicine, about climate change, about, you know, anything really science-based more generally on social media. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at you, Craig Kelly and Pauline Hanson. That's who we're looking to, especially. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Definitely. I think so. <laughs> this Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. So... 
to finish off today's episode, because I feel like we could just rant on and on and on about our politicians and how much it's turned into a bit of a home and away episode, <laughs> we are going to share our highlights and lowlights of the week. My dear, mm. what has been your highlight of the week so far? Mm. This is, I, I came into this episode, I came into this recording session with Debbie and I was just like, I do not know what my highlight or my low light is. I'm just going to figure it out during the episode. It'll come to me. Actually, I think something has. Um, I think a real highlight for me in terms of, in terms of news or, or things happening in Australia this week has been the ACT uh, passing legislation to make stealthing illegal. Yes. Um, to, so stealthing for anyone listening is when people uh, particularly like a male partner, uh, takes off a condom while you're having sex and then continues to have sex without your knowledge that or consent that they're doing this. Um, and they, the reason why I think it had really stood out to me is not only is it a important piece of legislation, an important step, I have no idea how they're going to regulate it given how uh, bad sexual assault reporting experiences are for survivors of sexual assault in general. Mm. I'm glad that this is being made illegal. I, I, yeah, it's I, a great I'm, first step. It's yeah. a great first step. Um, but a big reason why I think it really caught my attention and felt like a highlight is because the bill was introduced by a liberal politician in Canberra. I was um, very surprised by that, I have to say. And I think that why that gives me a lot of hope is because in a similar way to how New South Wales passed uh, the bill to decriminalise abortion, that was like a real joint effort between the Nationals, Labor and the Greens in the New South mm. Wales State Parliament. Like people from opposite political spectrums coming together to agree that an issue was important. It really gives me a lot of hope to see an ACT, Liberal government, a, a bill proposed by a Liberal politician, um, agreed to by the Labor and Greens government there, it just makes me feel like all warm and fuzzy inside. I'm like, yeah, people working together for positive social change. <laughs> yeah, I do definitely get what you mean, though. Like, how are they going to regulate this? Because, yeah, like the, the system right now into sexual assault is really, really, really messed up right now. And a lot needs to be done to it because a lot of victims are suffering through it. And cat, Jesus. <laughs> Sorry, she's like whacking my mic, whacking. Okay. I just use I just put my phone on as a light because I'm I'm slowly descending into <laughs> darkness here. So that's all right. Well, I'm getting whacked in the face by her tail. Do you find that when your cat cat's tail hits you, does it hurt you? She's got a vicious tail. Like it's like a my, snake. It's just like my cat is like is he was like the runt of the litter. He never quite grew properly, so I don't think he has that core strength within him. He's he's much more Aww. of like a little baby. Um, but I do notice that when I'm on Zoom calls, normally he tries to be in front of the camera as well. He's like a real attention um, hog when it comes to a Zoom call. So I'm surprised he's not also in here, like <laughs> getting all up in this business. <laughs> uh, um, you, know, you know what we need to do? We need to get like little laptops for our cats. I see it all the time <gasps> on TikTok and I need to do it. My cat would just love it. She'd just sit right on it and just be like, mm. I bought an iPad a year ago and I sadly have not used it to, enough to justify the price, but maybe this mm -hmm. is how I justify the price. I just set it up as a permanent yes. laptop for my cat and he can oh just stare God, at yes. it. It'll be great. And um, have, have like some birds playing on it. That's what I do for my yeah. cat on her TV, on her TV, on my TV. Oh my <laughs> God. TV. The TV that I bought her, it's hers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you're a true cat owner when 
possessions in your house. It's not yours. No, no, no. no. You, you don't own anything in the house. You're just no. a guest. You just want to be there. We don't own our bed. Our bed belongs to us. <laughs> um, Debbie, I'm so sorry. I've got us on tra- off track again. What's your highlight of the week? <laughs> <laughs> We've got on track so much. That's all good. Oh, my highlight of the week. Well, I got engaged, which Woo! is very exciting. I feel very adult. And yeah, that was very exciting. And you know what's a lot of work is calling up all your friends and a family and like saying the news. It's it's great. <laughs> it's great fun. Like, you know, I would much rather do that than say like, you know, horrible, sad news. But <laughs> it got to a point where I was just like, babe, can you tell the story? I've told it so many times. Can you tell it? Yeah. Because yeah. I just feel like such a cheesy little shit. I'm just like, well, he did this and then he did that. I just my brain inside me was just like you piece of shit you hate people like this yeah you've become and you have the become you <laughs> exactly <laughs> um no that is I think that's fa- that's fabulous I remember when we got engaged a month ago I we told my mother-in-law mm-hmm. my partner has a huge family he has 35 cousins and my mother-in-law my mother-in-law-to-be who um she we were we told her and we were like and you can tell all the cousins who were just like we can't do that and an hour later she texted being like I've told them all they're all so happy and they were just like how did you do that like 35 people in an hour she was ready she was ready to go well done see I wish I had that that way to be able to communicate so quickly to everyone that would have been good that yeah go her she deserves a reward for that yeah yeah I think my other highlight of the week definitely has to be the fact that I shaved my head and that's That, that I feel really, really good about that. I feel really happy about because yeah, I have really bad hair issues and Mm. due to as well with my depression as well, my, Mm. my just daily routine of just like everyday things that should be simple. They're just not so simple. So just like, you know, having a shower, washing my hair, brushing my hair, it just takes a lot out of me, uh, most of the times during the week. So yeah, I thought, you know, if I shave my hair, then at least, you know, it's going to make at least one, a couple of things a bit more easier for me. So yeah, it feels good. I'd love to play with it in the middle of the night and just be like, mm, it feels nice. And yeah, it feels nice. We and love, weird. we love women taking control of their lives and their mental health, yes. doing what's right for them, mm-hmm. being fabulous while they do it. You look great. Thank you. I saw it and I was like, damn, she can really pull that. Like you can pull it off so well. Oh, um, thank you. I say pull it off, but like, no, like it is like a, a conscious fashion choice. Like you look so good. I always think that if I shaved my head, I would look like Voldemort. I have like, <laughs> I just like, I'm not joking. I think I would look like, I don't, I don't know where I've got this line from, but it's like, if I, if you shaved your head, you'd look like a small British man. And I would a hundred percent look like a small British man. So <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really rocking it. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, can I have a second highlight of the week? Oh, I, yes. Yes. If have we're allowed to, can, yes, I, I just remembered that we launched left right out exactly a week ago today oh, um which really? is yes. yeah which which is our instagram platform to um we're creating explainers around politics um because our goal is to get more young people especially young women engaging in political discussions involved in politics because we think that you know no one should feel this is so cheesy no one should feel left out of the conversation but that is like the reason why we called a left right out um and that happened a week ago and it's just been like a really um, really fulfilling to to do that. And I think like whenever you do something, I don't know if you feel this way, Demi, um, but I personally have so much self-doubt whenever I do anything new and whenever I launch anything. And so like, just like having it done is such a great, do you feel that? I don't know. Yep. Is it just me? Yeah, feels, yeah. Oh my God. That many times I've self-doubt because I've like 
tried and failed so many things with nasty woman club so because mm. of that like every single thing i try even if i try a different font i'm just like oh my god is this gonna work out and everyone gonna judge me will people like it will, will people, people hate people it like it will i not get as much attention or likes for it just because of this font so yeah. yes i have yeah i'm the queen of self-doubt yeah <laughs> my brain hurts yeah, from you it feel yeah. Me. yeah yeah i feel yeah yes. yeah <laughs> so this isn't good. I, I meant to normally finish on a high note, but I just realized I'm finishing on a low low point. Okay, that's not good. Okay, what is your low light? <laughs> mm, my low light of the week. Is it is it like, can it be personal stuff? Can it be like... It can be whatever level you want. It can be, I dropped my food on the floor and that was sad. Or it can be this terrible event happened in the world. Yeah. It can yeah. be whatever level of low light you want. Hmm. That's a really... That's a really... I'm going to, okay, I'm going to make it a low point that ends high. So that way we're like, we're like going like, woo, like it's going down back up. Um, (laughs) The the low point is that I was sick um, for a solid day in bed, like really unwell. Um, But the high point is that the reason I was sick and unwell is because I got fully vaccinated and, you know, (sighs) it's a small price to pay to feel a bit under the weather in bed for one day of a year um, to then be uh, you know, Im- immunized against COVID-19. So I'm so, I, when I got the injection, I was like, ah! <laughs> like I was like from delight, not from like, oh no, you're hurting me. I was so, so happy. Um, so like the icky bit sucked, but like, I really, I, it was just, you know, I feel, the next day I woke up and I was like, oh, I'm fine. So it was really worth it in the end. Yeah. I remember I had about probably like a day and a half where I just felt like a bit dizzy, a bit sick, but honestly, it was just like, is it bad? I was just like, I hope it gets sick because then it feels like my body is just like fighting against the virus. Yes. I was no. Like, I want to be. I want to kind of get sick. I don't want to get a lot of sick, but I just want to get a little bit sick so I can just be like, yeah, my body is just it's really doing the job right now. Well, mm-hmm. with the first vaccine, I didn't even like. I was like, I wouldn't even know if I had it. Like, I I was mm. like, did I actually get the vaccine? Like, did I? Because I didn't. <laughs> I didn't feel sick afterwards, and so yeah. I like feeling unwell. Is you're just like, I'm not actually sick. My body is just like, you know leveling up it's like I'm in a video game and I've just <laughs> yes. upgraded the armor for 500 coin and like yes. I'm I'm just like slapping it on my body right now so <laughs> I I I thought that it was a good experience overall even if I felt a bit shit for a day um Demi what was your your low point for the week oh my low point um I think my low point will have to be the news that's come out from this past week about mm. violence against women in particular there was um two women that were murdered and mm. now it's come to 40 women that have been victims of murder manslaughter in mm. australia and we are 40 weeks into the year yeah. and there's been 40 women so that that definitely has been very upsetting also because as well there's just barely any news reports about these two women and mm. i do try as much as i can to write about news stories that i know people that are my followers that they will care about and people and news that they should know about. Yep. But I felt bad that it took me a couple of days for me to find out about what was happening. And then I got into research and I was just like, barely anyone's writing anything. Like it is really upsetting that femicide, femicide is such an issue in Australia, but yet it's just still not taken seriously. Like it's not, getting mentioned by ScoMo, not getting mentioned at all, like as if it's like a national crisis because it's a national crisis that, you know, women are getting killed, like on average one a week, women are getting killed. And most Mm -hmm. of the time it's by people they know. That's, I think that's a terrifying thing, actually. I think it's more terrifying than someone that's, you don't know, it's that, yeah, it's mostly going to be someone you know. 
which I think it's just it's just scary and it's just so sad that it's just not getting taken seriously at all I think that that is such a important point to make because something that I've noticed as a journalist is that we tend to get really low engagement on stories in general like across all sorts of work I've done Mm. when it comes to things that are that make us feel ashamed about us as people so when it comes to like reporting on like women's like violence against women or Mm. uh refugee rights Mm. we people don't like to click on those stories and like to listen to those episodes because of podcasts because they I think we just feel so ashamed about how we treat women or how we treat uh, refugees or how we treat people of color. And I, I think that that's, I, I saw for the first time these stories on Nasty Women's Club. And I'm so grateful that you, you did, that you posted about them because I wouldn't have known otherwise that that was happening this week. And I think that I'm just really, I'm really grateful that we have a platform like yours and someone like you, who's willing to do that work, because I think it's really important. So Aww, thank you. Tommy. Thank you so oh. much. Thank you. It's really important. I, I do want to add, so we're going to kind of finish on a highlight low light is yeah. this is, this is a bit of a highlight and begins with a low light just so we finish yeah. a bit higher. Um, so another story as well that I looked at for this week for the nasty woman club was a eight-year-old girl in America. She mm. was shot and killed by police. Yes, and I saw that. Yes, yet again, and I think it's definitely because it's violence against violence against um, women and girls, and also women of color. Mm. Yet again, so many people hadn't heard of the story. I did a poll, and I believe it was like only thirty percent actually knew about the story before I posted it. Mm. So that was that was tough to write, but. I think definitely a highlight from that is that I got a message from that little girl's cousin. <gasps> he DM'd me and yeah, he just messaged me to say that, yeah, he really appreciates me sharing her story and posting about it. And I was just like, oh, that, that just, that, that, if it, it feels, it is, it is kind of bittersweet because obviously like it's just so horrible what happened to the little girl. Her name was um, Fanta and really sad what happened, but it does, I have to admit as someone that, you know, has a platform and I've had to restart my platform due to the um, yes. hacking about a month ago, it does make me feel good that my platform is reaching people. Cause yes. like you said before, we both get a lot of self-doubt, especially cause we're running our own platforms and our own businesses. Mm. So it does feel good to know that I am kind of a little bit making a difference. It just kind of just, it was just like, okay, this, this is, it feels you make good. such a difference. I really, I, I, let's take a moment to, 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 appreciate you I think Demi if, if I can take if I can claim this moment for, for us <laughs> I want to take this moment to just appreciate yes. you publicly because something <laughs> something else that I learned from your platform that I had not heard elsewhere and like to be clear I don't know everything obviously not trying to claim that but I am a journalist like I do read the news very widely and regularly mm. I didn't know that Peg the Patriarchy was not like a, a term that Cara Del, Delevingne, Delevingne had come up with herself or her designer had come up with but it came from a woman of color and her platform and it's like trademarked Mm -hmm. in her name I didn't know that until I saw that on your on your Instagram so thank you so much for educating me about that issue as well and like I just yeah I think that that I really love Nasty Women's Club and the reason I was so excited to come on this episode today is because I really love how you draw attention to 
stories and issues that I wouldn't otherwise know about and because mainstream media isn't covering them widely. So you're awesome and you're great. And I'm so happy to be on this episode. So thanks so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a beautiful way to end the podcast episode. (laughs) Thank you so much. Ending on a high. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ending on a high note. Yes, that's the aim what we're trying to do. So thank you. But yes, thank you so much, Justine, for coming on today's episode. It was such a joy. I feel like I could rant to you about literally anything from like engagements to cats to... Can we be friends? Yes. Can we be friends? (laughs) We love that. We love podcasts turning into friendships. Yes. Yes. We love that. Yes. We love to see that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you everyone so much for listening to today's episode of the Nasty Woman Club podcast. And thank you so much, Justine, for coming on. I'm such a fan of yours. And yes, can we please be friends? I adore you. If you're not already, make sure you follow Justine's new Instagram page, Left Right Out. That's left.right.out. And it essentially is just such a brilliant page that looks at politics in a way that makes it easily digestible and actually enjoyable. So, highly recommend giving it a follow. And if you do enjoy the Nasty Woman Club podcast, please leave us a review. I am emotionally unwell this week so a review would be amazing right now i have to say after being hacked and after having my business stolen and sold a review would be amazing right now i sound desperate i'm not desperate i'm just emotionally unstable right now so yes please leave a review for the nasty woman club podcast hopefully a positive review that would be cool and also, of course, make sure you are following our Instagram page, The Nasty Woman Club, on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm your host, Demi Lynch. Stay nasty, everyone.